One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. No such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. A donkey's eat and a donkey's eat a palace. There's nothing else to eat. He was massive. <laughs> Legs, ass, built. But I burst out laughing about <laughs> Well, there's only one place to start, and that's with the news that broke this morning that uh, Brendan Maher has retired. Um, Paddy, so the, the natural thing is to go to you for a word on your club mate. He's only 32, and it, and I was looking, maybe maybe he's 33 this year. He's not 33 till next year, the 5th of January, which is a, a fantastic age, to, especially when you're back in minor, of course. But, uh, like, I mean, is this, this a surprise to you, or did, did you not see this coming a good while? Um, no, not a huge surprise, I don't think. Um, look, at, I, I never ask a lad out straight because I, I think it's quite a personal thing, you know, when you're going to retire, when you're going to leave it. But I suppose I, I live around him, so I had heard rumours that maybe last year even he was difficult to get back into the fold, that maybe there, there had to be a bit of an arm twisting going on. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too surprised. He's a lot coming up. He's, I think he could be building a house. He's getting married. Um, and he has had a couple of injuries now in the last couple of years, last two championships he's had uh, lingering injuries going into the championship. So um, not wholly surprised. I think Tip, you know, Tip could have always found a place for Brendan up till he's 36, 7 or, or whenever he wanted to stop. But uh, time waits for no man. I suppose he, he has other things in life he wants to do too. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, he, he won three All-Irelands, five Munsters, three All-Stars. It shouldn't be underestimated how great a player. I, something about, I always found, when you saw him for Boris Ali and what a, a like an incredible kind of all action player he was for them I'm not sure we saw those performances I know you can't compete, compare like he was more I found with Tipperary and tell me if I'm wrong that he was like a part of the team you know rather than, listen maybe I'm talking nonsense here club is different yeah. he just was so all action the year Boris Lee won the Munster Club I was like just wouldn't mind seeing him like that for Tip yeah, I think it's different with your club. He, he, he probably knew that he had to do a lot more while you're in an inter-county setup. You know, you just do your piece and, it, you know, everyone has their role in yeah. it. But he did a lot of those, some unbelievable performance for Tip too. He was everywhere, like like the club games. But he always struck me as like 
quality hurler that doesn't it goes without saying but a real good guy as well and a, and a guy you'd love to be on, uh, on on a team with and soldiering with because he always seemed to produce performances when needed he um, did so yeah it's disappointing to see him go I suppose it's another another sign that I'm definitely getting really old when likes of him is retiring but, <laughs> he, yeah. he won two All-Ireland Minors 2006-7 he was a captain of the Minor All-Ireland in, in 2007 and was captain in 2016 that's not to be sniffed at either like that's the real leaders that kind of captain um, the whole way up through Liam Sheedy was tweeting he says immense contribution in the dressing room on the pitch and off the pitch leadership in abundance and a privilege to have managed him at Minor and Senior what kind of a leader was he Paddy he strikes me as maybe the leader that does his talking on the field and maybe less so in the dressing room would that be right or well to a certain extent yes um, it would always be his attitude application in training like training obviously like most great players you don't you don't see much of a difference between training and, and playing a match and, and certainly a club challenge match and an inter-county game it's all similar stuff for him but definitely he spoke when, when needed to speak and I mean he's 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 really influenced a generation of players I know in Tipperary but especially Boris Lee a lot of the players we're playing with now would have grown up um, looking at Brendan playing since he's 18 or 19 like I go back to like there, there's been huge um, pressure on his shoulders since very young like I remember my first ever under 10 match and he was playing but he was 6 years of age you know so he was he's he's, right. he's, he's, he's there's people looking at him to play for Tipperary since he's 11 or 12 years of age and I know we talk about Joe Canning in that in that right and, and that's you know maybe he had more so even on top of him but Brendan in our club it's not and if he was ever going to play for Tip it was when he was going to play for Tip how much of an impact he was going to have but huge leadership um, but as you said it was usually in his actions but certainly um, he wasn't shy of a word or two when needed Right and what about that swashbuckling performances for Boris Ali like, am I off completely wrong that we didn't see them for Tipperary that I don't no. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I think, you know, if I was to break down some of the stuff over his career, if you looked at him in 09 and 010, um, up until he got an ankle injury in 11, I think you would have seen a lot of that stuff. He was playing midfield um, and he has a fantastic artistry to the way he hurls. Like his, his wrist work is, is unbelievable. But I think maybe that Tipperary team probably needed him. He was what the Tipperary team needed, which was maybe a bit more steel huge amounts of work rate, uh, a man marker if you needed it, yeah. a, a strong a strong halfback if you needed it. Um, and he was to each team what they needed him to be. It's what I feel. Um, right. And you didn't always see for tip in that way because you had the same Callens, you had a uh, ball player. You know, Paddy Maher was a natural ball player, might necessarily man mark his man. Uh, same with Noel McGrath, might go and express himself, but they probably hadn't the ability to do what he did and show that level of discipline. Like I, I can even remember 2016 All-Ireland, uh, Richie Hogan and TJ Reid were both switching in and out of midfield and he was the man that was going to pick them up and make sure that they didn't do as much damage as they had in other years so he, but that, that that says again his you know lack of ego and team orientation and look at for Bursley I've seen some crazy things for Bursley you saw it obviously uh, the year we had a, a good run with the club but I've seen it since he's 16 years of age he, play, he played his first match at 16 when he was under 16 and we were in an art final, which wouldn't mean a lot to people outside Tip, but in Tip it's huge. Um, and back when there was a lot more skills being given, and he was mattered match in that North final in his first ever game, and and we hadn't won it in twenty years. So ever since then, like he's leading that for Bursley. And and as I say, I've seen pints off the knees, the sidelines. I've seen touches out of the air and balls out of air. I've seen it everything from him, and uh, you know it's just. You know, I just maybe wish that more people had seen it down through the years. That, that's the thing, and I'm taking a the pint off the half a hurley. 
Like yeah. uh, incredible stuff over near the sideline, like catching a puck out after only after scoring one, catch it like yeah. you know, right after over stuff, and then goes to Tipperary and is happy to go in corner back mark Aaron Galan, you know, play wing back, do a man marking job in midfield and be the unassuming, you know, kind of leader. Like you know, that shows a lot of there's no ego there at all, uh Connor. Yeah, I suppose that's just, why he he was probably captain on a lot of teams he was on and yeah. um it was never really about him and he did his bit and he probably did a little bit more than his bit a lot of times, but it was still all about the team and and, and you know I think Paddy has summed it up pretty well there He's, he was a great guy on the field yeah. uh, to have and, and a great guy off it so um, look it's disappointing to see him go but uh, I'm sure he's not finished with the club I'm sure he's going to keep going with, with Bursley and, yeah. and uh, we'll see a lot more of him on TG Carr and more of, his, more, more of his performances I'm sure You wouldn't want to be says you Paddy you won't be you're not going to be the, the, the big name ex-player walking around Borussia now anymore Paddy like I mean oh you're you, enjoy, you should have enjoyed those last four three or four years well, I'm barely getting a I'm barely getting a puck for the club anymore. So no, I'm definitely not the big name. But I, I'm lucky. I think nearly every medal I've ever won, Brendan has been on the field with me. But um, so I think I was just the lucky one to come up in his era. But no, I'd say we'll see a bit more from the with the club. And do you know what it is with the way the club is structured now? You probably have five or six months after on the year. So you see with Intercounty, it's going from probably November all through the, the Intercounty season, which it will do straight into the club and back to the Intercounty. So I think. Or man of with his mileage on the clock, like those four or five months of prehab and relaxation are just going to prolong his career. Yeah, he played three years minor as well, which isn't a surprise considering he was born on January the 5th. Terribly lucky birthday, as I was saying. <laughs> Whenever you see someone born in January, you're like, what an advantage that is. You think of County Minor. How many years of County Minor did you uh, play? Two, just two. about one and a half, I'd even say. Yeah. Really? So I was only a really? sub in my first year, yeah. Okay. Uh, and I played then, obviously, the, the last year, both hurling and football, yeah. So, right. Look, yeah, it was a huge thing. I remember a couple of lads in our club were under 16 and going up minor and they were like gods like that was the biggest thing to try and do yeah um, and for him three years minor is a, a special player because that's because yeah. you'll do three or four under 21 is different at three yeah, years minor you're only a six, 15, 16 yeah you're only a young lad and I suppose you've been earmarked for a while coming into that maybe yeah. uh, especially in, in clubs but yeah, incredible, incredible to do that and 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 uh, and to and to captain those teams. Like he's done it all, and I suppose he has no regrets now at this yeah, stage. No, exactly. So Limerick are appealing. The I know Paddy wanted to do the whole show on Brendan Marr, but we have to move on. Um, <laughs> Limerick are appealing the Peter Casey uh, ban. So they're looking for uh, what is it? An in person. Uh, convening of the Central Hearings Committee. So these are things are usually done over uh, Zoom, Paddy and Limerick want to go in. And maybe have Peter shed a tear in front of them, or do you know what I mean? Whatever situation is going, do you think they have a do you, do you think they have a chance here? Um, I the only reason I don't think they have a chance is because it kind of undermines the whole disciplinary system. Like you probably have to have something that really shows him not doing something. Like I, I, you know, I wasn't here for the show after it happened. I didn't think it was as clear cut like a button of the head as maybe other people did. I thought it was maybe a whole body or a whole upper body, you know, shoved yeah. into him. Like that was the way I looked at it. And I, I do think it's, it was a little bit harsh, but then I've said the um, linesman probably saw it more clearly than we did. So I think they have the case. I think they're well within the rights to actually uh, have the hearing, you know, have, have their case heard out because it's not always cut and dry like that. And um, to miss an All-Ireland, I think they should go to the ends of the earth, really, if, if they think they have a case. And I think they, it's not one of those. I hate those ones where it was an obvious and you really respect Milan the time he, you know, he, he hit, uh, I think it was Murphy from Cork into yeah. the mountain. He just took his medicine. You know, I really respect that. Um, but I think, you know, Peter Casey has a has a case to um, to look at. And do you know what? He would be some loss, actually. If you're looking at a lot of the, 
Limerick forwards, he would be a huge loss as an outlet. And even like I'm, I'm pretty sure Mulcahy, he wasn't on the team in 2018 when they won it. He was dropped for last year's final, and now yeah. he might fucking miss yeah. this one. What did you make of it, Connor? Uh, I watched it a couple of times. It's very hard to to actually get a proper viewing on it. Yeah. you know, you, you see the you see the aftermath nearly rather than the actual instant where he he, he did connect with him. And for it looked like that the umpire called it rather than the linesman to me, and that's a good distance away to to call that. You know whether it, he fell into him or or what. what. It wasn't a, as we uh, people were saying one of those Zinedine Zidane headbutts. Yeah. It wasn't that. But uh, is there any benefit to a headbutt on a like? Is a hurl is a headbutt on a hurling field a common thing? What kind of stupidity is that? Uh, like Both it, of you have 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 face guards. It's just, a, it's just, you're in the moment and it's just an aggression thing. You know you can't swipe and a fella's right in front of your face. You might just give him a little nudge. like Kind of butt head, yeah, but you're not, not headbutting. No, it's not I, I don't think I've, I, okay, maybe I've seen a full on headbutt, but uh, it doesn't happen that often. It's, it's just more of an aggression thing and a, a macho thing really just to get on top of yeah, it. Rather, yeah. rather than give someone a belt, you might, you might say something to him as you're giving them a little nudge with your head as in I'll get you next time or whatever, but... I think Limerick are right definitely to to appeal it because uh, it's not clear and I'm sure they have some kind of an angle on it whether it's the report or some kind of technicality to get out of technicality to get out of it or or whatever but uh, they're difficult adherence to go to like I was in one uh, when I was supposed to have stood on Keane Lynch in a league game in Crow Park as well and, and I had to go up and we had three or four lads speaking for me and I had to speak myself and and I was giving it everything, nearly crying, saying this is going to be my last. And this was like years before it was finished. I knew it wasn't <laughs> finished, but I was like, this is going to be my last game. You know, I really want to finish out the league here and look forward to the championship, blah, 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 blah. And I remember we had even one of the top physios with us going through the biomechanics that I actually physically had nowhere else to put my foot, only just to land it right down. It was an, it was a complete accident, but the referee picked it up as a... Anyway, look, I, 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 I didn't get off anyway. You didn't so, get off. No. And do they re- respond to your pleas or do you just give... Do you? It's almost like you go in and make statements or can you discuss it out? No. Do they the, interview you? You know, No, you don't? Ne- there was never really any dialogue between them. Right. There's like different age groups now. These lads are from all over the country. Uh, well, it was in my case. And I'd say they were all north of at least 60 anyway. So I didn't even know if they understood what the physiotherapist was even saying um, and it just you just you don't get any feedback and it's all very cold and yeah. you're, you're not sure and you're trying to you know you're trying to look for some bit of weakness in someone to try and you know zone in on them to try and uh, tug at their heartstrings but I don't, a lot of times they're just making it they, they're just there because they have to listen to the appeal and they're going to go with whatever the referee says and a lot of the time that is but unless there's clear video evidence that's my clear. worry for Casey the, the video evidence isn't clear enough to prove he didn't do it yeah yeah exactly you know what so I mean it's, yeah it's difficult and, and look who would have thought that Dermot Connolly would have got off that time so that, like, and that was a different situation they, they obviously found something that they could use so maybe, maybe they do have something and, and that's why they want to do it in, in person to, uh, to present it to them but I hope he does get off like it, it's a it's a devastating for for a guy not to be playing in the All Ireland final, and and specifically he's so important to that Limerick team and the fact of what happened to him last year as well. So yeah, best to look to him. I hope he does it anyway. Yeah, but uh, the the you know the the odds probably are aren't with him. I was saying the same thing as you, Paddy. It looked like to me that he wanted to bump chest or maybe put his head up to his mm. head, and Conor Gleeson went down, and then the follow through makes it look you know makes it look bad. But I I don't know, Les. Like I mean, is is there a little bit of kind of play acting coming into the game? I know we've talked about this before. So you have uh, you have um, Conor Gleeson going down there now. Les. Contact there is minimal. 
and he's wearing a helmet. So he's going down to get Casey sent off and he got him sent off and that's fine. And it's a it's a win at all costs kind of attitude. And you've got old Hegarty. I wouldn't say Baron hit him a punch in the stomach. I'd say he hit him a forearm. And, you know, Garod Hegarty went down. And it, I, I, again, I don't really blame Garod Hegarty in a way. I'm thinking if he gets... Jimmy Barron was stupid. If he gets Jimmy Barron sent off, it's 15 against 14. This All-Ireland semi-final is pretty much won. But it's definitely creeping in though, isn't it, Paddy? Like, especially in a physical game like hurling where, like, in, in Peter Casey's defence, he's not expecting Gleeson to go down like that. And, you know, he's just saying, here, cop, you know, he's squaring up to him. Yeah. Can you not square up to a lad now? No, I, it appears it can't anymore. I think, like, the way I look at it... Um, if somebody hits you, just say Baron gives Hegarty a bit of a, a shot. Like Hegarty can't hit him back or he'll actually be the one that will probably get in the most trouble. They'll yeah. probably see more of his slap back. So I think it's the modern day player's version of punishing somebody for trying to hit him back. When I suppose we were younger, maybe it was, you know, I'd be a big advocate for an eye for an eye. Like if a lad hits me, I'm going to hit him twice as hard. And it's going to be, you know, it'd be probably six inches into the ribs. He gets six inches into ribs, maybe a couple more. We'll leave it at and we'll get going. But these days, you can't even do that. So if a lad hits you a sneaky one, probably the only way to punish him is by going down. Yeah. Look, if we don't want to see it coming into the game. But either the refs or the people let it go, you know, people that beat the headquarters let it go, or else it'll be a resort to this. And I suppose at the end of the day, it's all about kids, what they're going to see on television, parents, how it looks to the public and the optics and I suppose a few digs doesn't look great and this is kind of the alternative that comes in instead. Yeah, so Jamie Barron was talking about this, Connell. Like he, he says, to be honest, I thought he went down a small bit easily. Um, if you look at the size difference between myself and Garod Hegarty, you'd be thinking I'd want to hit him pretty hard to go down. I disagree with that. It's in the stomach. You could be surprised by it. You know, like, I mean, wh- I don't know. What do you What do you think? Yeah, look, I think there are... The letter of the law, people are going by a lot now and referees and everything are saying that, look, a strike is a strike, whether it's a full on, you know, hook to the jaw or, or it's a little dig to the ribs. And it's not the fact that it's a hurt someone or not. I suppose you can't do it. But like, I remember when when, when uh, Cadigan came on, you know, you just got a glimpse. The first thing he did was give give his the, give your man a big dunt. So if he went down, would he got a yellow for it? Like he probably should have. And yeah. another way your lads come on, first thing is usually give him a little dunt. Just say, hey, I'm here. So at that, do you go down then? Like does people just hit the ground and you get yellows then? There's yellows for everything. Yeah. It's a, it's a te- desperate road to go down. Because that's where yeah. soccer is at. You can't go head to head with a fella in soccer now and they'll just fall down and yeah. around, roll yeah. around holding their face. Imagine if, imagine if we got to that point. That is, that is like a nightmare scenario. Well, I tell you, I, I would suggest that th- some teams have a tactic of certain players to go up and say, if you hit him, you know, chances are he's probably going to hit you back. You hit the ground and he's left standing there. So chances are that he's probably going to, the fella that uh, got struck the first first time is probably going to get punished rather than the fella on the ground. So that's that's definitely a tactic out there. So like, what? it's difficult to know what to do. If you if you get struck and go down, I, I wouldn't be an advocate to go down. But if, uh, if you're left standing there and the fella's on the ground, like, like if Peter Casey was standing there and didn't go down after he, whatever that contact was, you know, that would have been a, a novel situation. Like, so if, if you're going to take a, a smack or give a smack, you want to be hitting the deck as well. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, that's what Casey did, I think, uh, Paddy. Like when he realised, oh, shit, Gleason's gone down here. He mm. kind of put his hand up to the side of his head like yeah. he was sore as well. Like, I, I don't know. I'd have more sympathy. I'd have I'd be more critical of Conor Gleason for going down in that situation than Garrod Hegarty. Would you? W- Definitely. What? 
Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a nonsense. And it wasn't really in front of the ref or anything like that. It was really off to the side. So, oh, look, I, 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 it'd be a nightmare for the GA if it did creep in. I would prefer they were let off to do a little bit more physical stuff. You know, a little bit of a tap here, a little bit of a... Do you know when the bit of six inches was there? I don't think anyone was really getting hurt from that. It was kind of part of the whole sport, really, like getting to know each other, as they say. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, you would be a little bit more... Grod Hegarty's like, it was a real obvious lunge with the arm. Now, he didn't hurt him at all, at all. But it was real obvious when that the referee could have actually sent him off for, whereas the Peter Casey one was funny, was probably less obvious, I thought. Yeah, maybe like if one of the referees just got Grod Hegarty, put his hand down, pulled him off, says, get up there... Yeah. yeah, I don't know. You might st- players might just, players are being rewarded for this now. I see because of the win at all costs mentality, and because of how much of your life you're obviously given up for it. Like, I mean, it was a lot of mine, and that's ten years ago. So, I can only imagine what it's like now. You will do anything to win that game. Oh, so, these yeah. lads aren't even feeling guilty, probably, of going down. Look, you know, he went off. 15-14, my team has a better chance of winning, and that's all that matters. So, their own personal reputations of oh, he's a diver. Do they give a shit? No, I, I wouldn't give a shit. Like, I, I wouldn't care if, if, if I got in front of, say, Paddy and there's not much time left in the clock, we're down by a point and I, and I go and turn him and I hit the ground and there's minimal contact and I get a free win the game. Okay, okay, there wasn't much in it, but so what? Won yeah. the game. So that's the kind of attitude when you're in that scenario or you're in that kind of environment. You do what you can to win the free. It's the exact same in the soccer. The soccer lads are doing it because they're getting the freeze. But if they're, if referees like nearly what's happening, get up and play on. You'd be you'd second guess whether I actually will go down. I better I better keep going because if I go down, it'll just be play on. Yeah. So maybe there's, maybe there's that in it too. Yeah. Maybe maybe something to do with. Um, Jamie Barron was talking as well because he obviously won Player of the Month like, like I mentioned he was talking about playing uh, watching the game back I couldn't believe this he says looking back it's been a tough few, d- few days since the game I watched the first half there last night um, I think in the first half the main issues were that we didn't convert the chances that we created most people would agree with that you know the, the, the wise and stuff Paddy I can't believe he's watched the game back that he lost um, so soon I, just, I've ne- I've ne- <laughs> I, I admire him I admire him Willie jeez I there's a lot of matches I still haven't watched in my career, and I, I know you can learn from them, but it, they're just—I find them extremely painful to look back over, and it's nearly the regret. Because actually, the All Ireland Club Final highlights came on on TG4 a few months ago. I said, oh, "I'll leave it on for a few minutes," but geez, it gave me nightmares. I said, "How did we miss this? How did we miss that?" And 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 you know, and ran out a close last then in the end. So it kind of re- reminds you of that nightmare. But I kind of admire him. He probably wants to improve. He's probably keen to see where he went wrong. And he didn't have his best performance, so he probably wants to maybe see where he went wrong. But uh, fair play to him for having the, the mental strength to look at it so soon. I'd, I'd mental strength, punishment or something. I'd call it, call it self harm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not good for the uh, mental health. That one, no, no way. Would no you way. like? When would you? Would you? I wouldn't be able to w- watch a match unless I had the most outstanding game ever. I might look back to see. To, <laughs> I would. That's the reality of it. But if I just had a normal game and we lost a game, I wouldn't even. It never would I watch it. And yeah. like, if they were watching at a video session, I might even start daydreaming. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. watch it. No, I wouldn't be one to. Especially games you're beating, and I, I certainly wouldn't be watching. Like, I think. Only was it last night or the night before something came on with that with the Dublin Mayo with the incident on the hill and oh, yeah. like I haven't even watched that game like so uh, some at some stage I'll probably sit down and watch the games but where they I wouldn't even know where to look but I tell you what's good nowadays is uh, every game that you're playing is on huddle and so you're tagged so all you do is just press your name and now you can see your own little clips so you only have like four minutes of, of say six or seven minutes yeah so it's great you can just see what you're, you did because everyone at, well I certainly oh, was growing up stuff. 
You used to be fast forward and to your own little bit anyway. Oh, press yeah. and play, and then did it because you had, what was your homework as part of the inter county squad? Or everyone has to watch the games. And, and I remember when I first came into the to the football squad with Tommy Lyons, we has used to have the the video cassettes at the top of the room. So he'd be up there with the remote control, press and play, stop, pause. It was a complete nightmare. But yeah. obviously that's all cut now, and it's all nicely streamlined. So now if you're watching. If you have played a game, say, of 60 minutes or whatever with your club, you can just get your, your little minute and a half that you're on the ball or a little two minutes and that's all you need to know. Right. Yeah, yeah that's, and you don't have the pain of the actual final whistle going yeah. or the, the late goal. Like, I mean, the, I remember video sessions when it came, when back when I was playing, this pretty much true, my whole career was put in the, Put in the cassette, press play, and let's watch the match again, lads. <laughs> I mean, and all you're doing is watching your watch to see it's fucking 11 o'clock and I'm back in Dublin, yeah. won't be back till half 12, and you're living about it. What was yours like, yeah, Paddy? We, 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 ours was basic enough, really. It was kind of pump us up, more of a confidence thing. But I do remember a good thing Liam Sheedy used to do was he used to put on 10 minutes of a match that you're playing, that of your opposition. And he basically put you into backs and forwards and say, right, do up your tactics there. Like, how are you going to beat this team? So backs would have their chat about what they might do and the forwards might have theirs and what are the common things they do. So I think that was really simple and, and very good. But then after the match, just be very minimal with Liam Sheedy, I remember. I'd say it has changed now. But yeah. definitely before matches, it was basically showing every score. Like we, we, The best video analysis I've ever done was with Port Leash, and this was back in 2004, where the manager would actually go to the trouble of going down to the local, local fellow who videoed the matches, and he actually used to edit bits. And he'd, back then it was all about the forwards doing a bit of tackling. And this was more with Port Leash than even with Leash. And, uh, and he'd, he'd clip, do a few clips of where somebody didn't, wasn't trying. And he'd highlight that. And I was captain at the time. And I remember he'd have me set up to kind of back him up on it. Yeah. So now, the, now I'm saying we can't be, you know, this isn't good enough. And it was reinforcing it. And then it got to a stage where nobody wanted to be highlighted. Yeah, that wasn't. Yeah, yeah, and we were yeah, all tearing yeah, around yeah, like yeah. tigers. Like, but like, it's such a simple thing. Yeah, like, no, this is 2004 and not... Ahead of his time, maybe. Ahead of his time, time, I think so. Yeah. Uh, look, at the, the way it's gone now, it's, it's incredible. And the, the video analysis has gone to a different level. And I, even six, seven years ago, I used to love the last night before a championship game, say the Thursday or the Wednesday, whatever it is, because you knew there was a big maybe a five-minute motivational video coming of the previous game of your season of your training because all during the training session to be guys there would, would say taking little snippets of videos. And ah, like right. That. So every week, every championship game the Thursday night there'd be always like a three to five-minute video. Uh, and all, all positive stuff. All positive stuff and everything that lads have done during the year whether it's you're running in the winter or, or the last game you, you know, a good few scores from different angles yeah, or, yeah. and you know, from things on say, in especially in Crow Park from, you know, getting in on the bus that you, you, you just totally forget about, you know, and, and who you were sitting beside and everything like that and, and coming into the dressing room. It's just giving you all positive vibes for the Thursday and the Friday. And you'd be under a pillar. We were all given those DVDs then to go home and watch on the Friday and the Saturday. Very good. You'd be yeah. tearing ready yeah, so to go. So before you leave the house on the Sunday, you're, you're, you're just watching it again. <laughs> Would he put an old soundtrack with old Raglan Road or something like that be stuck in? Ah, uh, there, was, there was soundtracks, but it was always, uh, everyone would put in, say, two songs that they liked at the start or middle of the season and then that would be the CDs that would be going around you'd be listening to them in your car all the time and ah, okay. you'd know who likes what song and then those songs would be represented on the actual motivation and stuff so you kind right. of always be listening to know and it was, it was great it was great there were great times. But, yeah, there's yeah. a team spirit in that. Would you have done stuff like that, uh, Paddy? Like, I mean, the, 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 that uh, that video sounds like a good idea. Kind of, you kind of expect mm. this great speech to hit that kind of tone b- back in the day whereas now you can just put on a nice, yeah. <laughs> a nice video. Definitely, yeah. Before every championship game, um, 
you'd be always in a hotel and I think that's that's when they kind of played that kind of confidence builder of all the hooking and blocking was a lot of it actually the hooking and blocking was as much as any of it because so at that time that's what Liam Sheedy was trying to improve like lots of good hurlers and maybe not enough work rate um, and then obviously all the scores that were going on so it was geez you get a good old boost and I think that's what a good manager is about is not always pushing on your bad points which there are yeah. many but making you feel like you're 10 foot tall and that was part of it but definitely there was some nice cuts there maybe before a couple of All-Irelands you'd have Al Pacino cut in and a couple of other sport movies and then a couple of hooks and blocks and a couple of scores so it was it's it is cool and I think I always say like motivation is is infinite and um, the higher you get in a championship the more and more and more it gives until we see a crescendo in an All-Ireland compared to our first round of a championship so to me it's never ending and uh, I suppose the great managers lean on that. I don't get asked to uh, to talk to teams or anything like that very often. Like I mean, I remember even the Portish under fourteens. I was telling this on the on the football show. An old manager of mine. I was up playing with the juniors or something, and he called me in. He says, "Here, will you? I'm with you. I think it was under twelves. I'm with the under twelves. You come in and talk to me. I went, ah, for feck's sake, I don't want to go in." And he says, "Come on," and I went in anyways. And he, the first thing he says, "Put up your hand. Uh, who's who's this lad?" <laughs> Nobody put up their hand. <laughs> they were twelve, and it must be twelve years since I'd played. But he had a clue who I was. I think one lad eventually put his hands up. Hey, Wooly does the podcast or something like this. <laughs> and that was it. But whenever I do, if the odd time that I would ever have to speak to someone, and it's always the same thing, is whenever you think about that you're going to go out and play a great game, it doesn't happen. When you go out before thinking, they call it visualisation now, you're thinking about the match next day. Think about tackling. Think about blocking. I suppose in hurling, it's hooking and doing all the hard work. The other stuff will take care of itself, but don't be thinking of being the hero. And any game I ever played well in, I think back, what was I thinking of the day before? I was thinking of working. Yeah. working hard yeah, yeah. and suddenly the other stuff kind of falls into place would you ever been like that? Yeah I, I definitely remember when I was younger it was very hard say the week of a, a big game or let's say a Leinster final or whatever it was or with your club or county final it was very hard to get out of your mind of what you're going to be doing the Sunday the Monday and the Tuesday like what was actually happening after you won it like the celebrations where are we going to go who's going to be there you know and are we, we wonder will we get free beer all week or will we keep going till the Wednesday you know all this <laughs> silly stuff but uh, look, I suppose as it comes with experience, maybe that, yeah, I think uh, you do have to have those good thoughts and uh, of, of scoring those goals and doing the great things. And But also has to include, I think, the, the hard work and uh, the hooks and the blocks and, and the running off the ball and making sure you're marking your man and everything like that, um, which is a huge part, a huge part of it. Um, but look, the visualisation, I think sometimes you can nearly overdo it too as well. You know, you can nearly start thinking about the game too much. You know, if you spend whatever, at the start, I remember when we were with the Intercounty, you used to have to spend 10 to 15 minutes a day just on your own trying to think about things and, you know, trying to, different scenarios in the game. But then near the end, it just got down to like, if you're just driving in your car, just have a little, t- maybe a minute or two is enough because you get you get nearly drained from thinking about it too much yeah. but it's hard um, not to think about it though. it is it is like but I think the best in the last number of years I think the best uh, thing I just keep telling myself is that like what's the worst that can happen you can play absolutely terrible and you get taken off okay well that's the worst that can happen. so nearly build from Work that back from there yeah, that's yeah, the way yeah. I look at it now like, <laughs> or if you're taking a free or you're taking a, a penalty okay I miss so what okay what happens then like what happens if I do score it so it's like it's, it's, I nearly start low and say right well that's the worst situation so let's see how, how we can improve from that and look I'm not sure if it does any good for me but yeah. that's what I would start with anyway now but Yeah but it's, I think it was Kelly Harrington uh, well it was Kelly Harrington and she was she stuck in a room for like 30-40 days over in, in Tokyo 
And she said she didn't start thinking about the, the, the gold medal fight until the, you know, she was walking to the ring, something like that. And I was like, how is that humanly possible? You've nothing else to do. You know, like, I mean, I would have found it very hard the week of a match not to be t- thinking about this match all the time and thinking about who's playing where, thinking about the opposition, driving in the car. Like, there's not, there's not much else going on in your life at the time to distract from. Do you know? Is there, Paddy? Like, it's very, very difficult. Nice. And I'm, uh, Kelly Harrington must be superhuman to be in a hotel room with nobody around her. And did she only got out of it to go for food and come back and she's able to block that out of her head I call bull on that one like, <laughs> Jesus, there's no way like, there's absolutely no way like I mean why do you play a sport you obviously say to yourself my god imagine I was the top of the podium with the gold medal like that's what she's wanted for whatever 30 years of her life um, I'd be the same but I think you learn as you go along I, the way I deal with it everyone will deal with it differently I learned to actually envisage it look at it maybe you know, the start of that week, geez, if we won, we'd be going out, we'd have a great time, blah, blah, blah. And I think if you can go through that process, then it's inside your brain, you process it, then, then it's outside your brain. And from, from that moment on, uh, you can start thinking about the hooking, the blocking, who am I marking, what side of him am I going to get on? If it's a high ball, how do I deal with him in this situation? So to me, that's what it's about. And no matter what match, I, and I think it's like before a match, if you're in the anthem or you're, you're going around in the parade, like I would have a good look into the crowd and have a good what's around me. Okay, well, that's, that's not some sort of superhuman thing. That's not some other world. That's, that's the real world. That's done straight onto my game again. I think it's all about normalizing all these things. Like, you know, what if I won an All-Ireland medal? Well, okay, this is what it would be like. And we go home to Turles on the Monday. Um, and then... You concentrate on your game, and I think that's what's really important. And then you can get out to get down to the fine margins. But if you don't process those things, if you're fighting the Monday or Tuesday night about how much crack it'll be, if you're completely trying to put it out of your head, I think that's what actually could be more of a danger because it's always going to be nagging at you. Yeah, no, maybe that, maybe that. You often see lads going around at the parade, and there is a big contrast. I used to like to have a look around as well and soak it up. And I remember saying to myself, enjoy this. Um, even though you'd be feeling under pressure but you see, you see lads I always watch the parade you see a few lads and they'd be gopping around use those tactics and then other lads who are just looking straight ahead or might be clapping the other lad on the back or drinking water but they're not looking anywhere yeah, so yeah. it's just whoever whatever suits whatever I think you need to enjoy the, the atmosphere especially on big days like, they when go so like, quickly like, go they, so quickly yeah. and anyone that, that listens that plays enjoy that moment I would Pay any money to have that back. Yeah, walking around. One time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> walking around Coe Park in, in, in a full house, you know, you got to enjoy that and the atmosphere and everyone starting to stand as, as, as you're coming around and waiting to see, will, will leash break before they get to the hill yeah, and chicken yeah. out again? But even, go- <laughs> but even going around by the hill, like, I mean, if you can't enjoy that. Ah, yeah, no, it is. I think the hardest the, the hardest thing on, on a, on a instead of morning of a big game is is nearly being around your in, in your house with your family and they don't know how to kind of treat you. They're yeah, not sure yeah. to leave you alone or to ask you questions or whatever, but it was always a big relief because I think with Dublin, we always used to meet really early to, uh, together as a group and that it's, not, it's only like a relief when you get in there. Because they're the only ones that understand. Yeah, yeah. Everything is nice and relaxed in there. There's no one going to be asking you questions or how are you feeling today? Are you, are you going to do it? It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's definitely be, to be to be back in, to be in with the squad is, is, is a lot better. Come here, another bit of news, lads. We have a couple more before we take a quick break Peter Duggan is back in Clare uh, Paddy like a huge uh, boost Tony Kelly was speaking he was player of the month 
the Jimmy Barron got it in July. I think Tony Kelly got it in June. He said, you know, Shane O'Donnell, Peter Duggan back next year will be a massive, massive help um, to him and us as well. The likes of Peter, Shane, they were a huge, huge loss for us. I consider Peter Duggan one of the best hurlers. So the two of them will be like two new players coming in. They, the cliches that are like two new signings, Paddy. And I, I was just having a look at just what those two players could do to Claire. Like you're looking... Colin Malone and Colin Galvin in midfield that's probably settled even though Galvin needs form needs to improve Aidan McCarthy who's been a revelation Peter Duggan David Reedy Aaron Shanahan Tony Kelly Shane O'Donnell now from midfield up that's that's as good as anyone no With, when you see, put, stick those two players into it yeah it's very formative I think that, that what they bring to it then is a huge mix because you have Peter Duggan is very good in the air but he's also skillful. Uh, Shane O'Donnell is a really good ball winner inside as well as Shanahan and offers more of a scoring threat than Shanahan. Like times Aaron Shanahan flatters to deceive. He'll win lots of ball, doesn't really have a right hand side when he's shooting. He's kept on the left and he can miss there as well. But then other days, you know, he does break up in a defence. So it's up and down. Shane O'Donnell usually wins ball and breaks through with, with and has actually improved at taking his scores. As you said, Aidan McCarthy is a revelation. He's a mix again. He can work hard, win ball, but he can also score some. I'd agree with you. I think they add a huge amount. If you add two forwards to only a six-man forward line, that's a huge improvement. And Peter Duggan, the last time he played, I think, was it around the time that they got the All-Ireland semi against Galway and he, he scored that wonder point? Yeah. Like he's a huge push on. But I think that's, is it two or three years ago now that was? Yeah, um, three. that much into County Ireland. That's a lot of time to miss that much inter-county hurling. And has he been hurling much at all? Has he been in Australia or travelling or something? So we don't know are we going to get the same Peter Duggan that we had it three years ago. Yeah, well, that's a fair point as well. No, no it is a point. It is. But uh, <clears throat> like he's back now, so he's a lot of time to try and get back up to speed uh, training-wise and everything. It's not as if he's coming back in February or March. Yeah, no, he's, and he's ready for the club championship yeah, now. Yeah, and I think he, he's going to be a massive addition. Like they're two top two of the top hurlers in the country like so they're coming back into your forward line uh, and like Shane O'Donnell was a massive loss for Clare um, with his concussion thing so bringing those two back yeah it, look it all stands good for, for Clare going forward but you just never know what happens you know between now and, and the start of next next year's championship but on paper yeah it looks good yeah no it definitely does Fergal Horrigan is referee uh, Paddy you know this is an unusual one in that he gets it two years in a row which isn't done all that often I think three and four years like I mean he's the best ref out there I think most hurling people would agree with that yeah, I think so. Um, not being biased, obviously, because he's refereed against me and sent me off, so I'm not trying to be that, that nice to him. But yeah, no, I think he's an excellent ref. Um, I think he's kind of a maverick ref, really. If you look at it, all these refs are trying to tick the boxes for the adjudicator who's watching them in the stand, and he seems to be just reffing it the way he sees fit uh, during the game. And sometimes, you know, he can he can let it go and maybe let it go too much, but I think like everybody wants to see that all Ireland with Cork and Limerick. Hopefully, you know we see Cork on an upward trajectory. We hope he lets it go. We hope he lets him cut cut lumps off each other and and let the best you know let the best team win. But that's look, hurling is the way the best played like that. I mean, it should be only a real obvious shove in the back, a real chop chop proper chop with the hurley that warrants warrants freeze. Like we want this thing to get wild really um <laughs> is it Sunday week, so I I can't wait for it. Yeah, no, well, that's true. He seems to be the, the best uh, referee. Isn't it weird? Like all the, we talked about this, I think, um, last week, the, the the big commotion going on during the league and not not playing advantage and so many frees and the game is gone and all that. 
and it evened itself out and the year before then we had the high tackle and Tony Kelly getting sent yeah. off and then all that panic about that and then that evened itself out why are they doing this like why are they acting the, the, the bollocks early in the year <laughs> you know why can't you just leave it alone yeah look I, I've no idea but like compared the games from last weekend say to the couple of rounds early around in the league they're T- they're totally different being refereed they're totally different games where everyone was getting pulled so if they brought that into the, the two semi-finals there it would have been a complete nightmare it would have been up to like 60 or 70 yeah. degrees more like because the, the the refereeing was it's like he, he swallowed his whistle for a long while because he there was it was just anything went like it was there was shoulders there was clotheslines happening and it was just play on and uh, it was, that, but that's what everyone wants to see. That's what the crowd wants to see. And like, I think Paddy's right. Everyone, in, nearly even in the crowd, know when there's a blatant push or a blatant free. Because no, when referee blows the whistle, nobody argues. And no, there's no. Wouldn't happens. you love to see that being consistent across a few years instead of having all that doubt? And that, you know, even for supporters watching, yeah. go, hang on, that's a fr- to be all shouting free. I was like, what do you mean? You know, the rows yeah, between yeah, supporters. Yeah. It was a free in the league. You know, <laughs> give, like, wh- why are they doing that? Why are yeah, they look, making, they're probably trying to uh, see and make it some kind of improvements to the game but they're not improving the game like I think the best thing is just leave it like I know the footballer are trying to change all the rules all the time and maybe that is improving the football but I think the hurling is just best left the way it is and, and there's no need to start tinkering with the with, with referees or the rules or explaining anything to them going forward for the league next year just just leave it as is and and, and and ref it as it's been ref from the semi-finals because that's the best way hurling is. So how is club foot or club hurling refereed then? If you're looking at these inconsistencies between a league um, this year and a championship this year, how does that filter down, you know, into club? Is there a lot of confusion around club or is club is club consistent? Well, uh, they are, the, the few club games that I'm playing, I suppose, at the minute is, is it's club is light years away from what happened on, on this, uh, the two semi-finals. Like, it doesn't flow like it, that? Not a chance. Like Every little thing is pulled up. Now, look, it depends on the referee. And maybe if that's the standard of referee in Dublin, I don't know. But every little thing is pulled up. And there's yellow cards flashed for everything. Like, uh, it, there's no there's no freedom. Like, you, you, like what we've seen, uh, there's no like advantage to the player. If, if, if there's a heavy tackle and he, hit, and he, and he throws it off and, and the play continues... It seems to be always just blown up and a yellow card straight away. Everything's a yellow card. Like there's never, you know, look, look take it easy now. Next time you're getting the yellow, it's always straight up yellow. So it's, right. which is leading to a lot of people getting obviously a second yellow and a red. But um, Well, if you were watching those two games at the weekend and you're a club hurler and you go out to play, you'd be confused. You know, if, if you well, think, what, what yeah. game is that and what game is this? Definitely the level of physicality at Intercounty is, is completely different, obviously, to, to, to club. And maybe they're not able to get there, I'm not sure. But when you're trying to implement that at, at club level and you're trying to bring that to it, that level of intensity, OK, sometimes you may miss the tackle or you may go over the line, but at least you're trying to do it and you're not. Uh, I just think they, they really need to, to look at it and make it level across the playing field instead of flashing cards ever. Because I guarantee if, if there was... 10 or 20 yellow cards flashed on the weekend there would be uproar like, and people wouldn't be saying this is, a, this is our game but yet yeah. it's, it's acceptable to do it at a different level I don't think it is Right What about Fergal Horgan like if he was refing a club game in Tip number one do you have that experience in Tip uh, Paddy and number two would Fergal Horgan ref a club game a little bit different I think at club level you'd just be happy to get a few decent refs like you know what I mean uh, I can't say there's too many yellows given in, in club game in Tipperary because you know I've often been let off or whatever and seen things let off I saw games at the weekend there our club game and it was another club game and 
I couldn't have pinpointed the ref for too much. I think there was one straight red, all right, but you know there could be definitely a few more, uh, and there wasn't, so there'd be no issue. And Fergal kind of refs it the very same um, as he does in the county. He more or less lets it go. Obviously, some days there's a being a bonnet about some maybe some sort of small detail that he's not letting go. But apart from that, no. And you know the best thing I suppose about Fergal is he he's not. Chummy, chummy, like you see, some refs want to be chummy, chummy with intercounty players. That I don't know. Do you have experience with that? And maybe love to have a chat. Like he doesn't really. To be honest, he keeps away from all that. I think he's just there to do his job, and that's it. And that's what I like about him the most. He just gets on with it, and there's no real. We're buddies. We're both on the intercounty stage, you know. <laughs> we're both buddy buddies. I don't see that happening. To me, that's what I I like the most about. Yeah. No. Listen. There's no doubt he's a brilliant ref. Right. We'll leave it there, lads, for a second, and we'll come back with a couple more talking points. All right, lads, so Cork are absolutely flying it. The Rebels are back, as we know. They won the minor. They won last year's under-21. They're in this year's under-20. Last year's under-20. They're in this year's under-20 final. They're in the senior final. And you go from kind of rooting from Cork to thinking, Jesus, these lads could actually dominate now. They're a huge traditional hurling county. They're a massive county. They're like the Dublin the Dublin footballers of hurling really when you look at playing numbers and everything, Connell. And, you know, like, I mean, that win we were saying on Monday will have brought that senior team on, you know, so much. Their character was questioned. They, they you know, they got over the line. Yeah. Whatever happens this, suppose to qu- whatever happens this weekend, you know, or next weekend, Limerick will probably win it. Although you'd, you'd never know. Will we see a situation here where Limerick and Cork are going to, this is going to be the two big teams in the country and this is, these are the two teams that are going to dominate the, the All-Ireland for the foreseeable future? Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, if they'll dominate, but certainly Cork must have been putting in some serious work in the last, let's say, 10 years underage. Because if you look at any of the underage results, I think from nearly under 40 and up, they're, they're dominating all yeah. of those age groups. And now it's it's, it's coming up to, to minor and, and under 20 and they're, and, they're, and they're dominating them as well. Look, it's, it's, supposed to, it's great for Cork to, to, to know that there's a lot of these players on this conveyor belt and, and I know they have a lot of those development teams all the way through and that's the best way to get the best players and keep them together and, and, and let them flourish in, 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 a, in, a, in a real competitive environment. And I think the, in the senior team is just the kind of spearhead of that and the success that they've had all through this year and their performances and getting to the other final is only going to help them going forward, definitely. Um, and it, it's great for core people to see that. Yeah, there's no, do, you, do you, like, I mean, from with the age profiles of Limerick and Cork, Paddy, and then you look at Galway and Tip, which might be re- who might be rebuilding a little bit. Maybe Galway less so, but Tip probably will rebuild. You have Waterford, who are definitely going to be in the mix. Um, but whether they're going to be good enough to beat Limerick, you know, we don't know. Um, how, how do you see it? Like, I mean, do you see a big two developing? You might in the next few years. <clears throat> I think in the next two or three years, maybe not. Um, I think Cork are on a very good run this year. I think they have some smashing players. Uh, but I don't think those players yet are at the level where um, they're generational talents, like, you know, that they're these TJ Reeds, that they're the Galans. Um, I just don't see it yet. Right. You know? um, they're, they're, they're players of great, great um, prospect. Um, they could be there, but I think they'll need another generation coming with them, which they look which, like they're they getting. Like, yeah, they're going to get. I saw their minor team, Willie, about a month ago against Clare. Now, I know the big news was Clare got beaten by 40 pints. 
But my overriding thing coming out of it was how well developed that Cork minor team were. I mean, they were like men. The, the, the half-back line looked like they could be club half-backs, uh, adults. Like they were absolutely massive. Every one of the players were well developed. It was like they were playing against children. So I suppose that's what's going on all down the line. And I, I can only say from a Tipperary point of view, I know that's not going on in Tipperary at the minute to that extent. And Tip were going well for a good few years. Now it looks like roads are reversed. So um, look, I, I, I could see him going very, very well over the next 10 years, but maybe not for two or three years. Yeah, yeah, until maybe, like they want a freaky minor team. I'm thinking, of, uh, I keep sorry to the hurling people for keep bringing football examples back in, but the minor team that had Kieran Kilkenny, Jack McCaffrey, Paul Mannion, John Small, Eric Lowndes, um, I'm probably missing a couple yeah. more. There was like seven of these lads who've become, like if Cork produce a minor team that have four doing well yeah. yeah you know but then now you're talking well I suppose that's the reality but they have these minor te- they have they're dominating at a lot of age groups underage they just need even if they got two special players off yeah, all well, like they have, but they have the hard work nearly done where they have these uh, uh, development teams in place at all these age groups now it's now just a matter of just keep that conveyor belt going and get the players at the start and let them go all the way up through the ranks so you're you're nearly cherry picking three or four nearly as you go from the minors out of that uh, to bring into the senior squad and sure if you're picking three or four of off, off an off a unsuccessful minor team, that'd be decent. But this, the, like they've been successful, so you could probably nearly pick more and bring them into the squad. And it's 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 great experience for those young lads to get in and, and you know, that be that kind of so-called B team, if you like, for a while and, and exposing them to that level of training. And, and that's what you want. You want these young lads be, to be thrown in. And, and, and Cork are showing that they're not afraid at the top of to throw these young lads in, you know, be it them 19 or 20 or whatever it is that's that's an acceptable age to be playing into county like it doesn't matter if you're what age you are you, you don't have to do your three or four years apprentice sitting on the bench you know if you're if you're coming out um and you have the hurling ability and you and you're physically able to do it like and you have been doing this successfully as as a young lad coming through. Well, then you're going to be pushed straight in. Yeah. There's going to be no question about it. But it's it's difficult in some in some counties, maybe like Tipper or whoever it is that don't have this. So you're kind of playing it's your club all the way through, and then you might make it onto a minor team, and then you're getting picked from a minor, and you're being straight into a senior setup where it's a totally different set- setup and atmosphere and and mindset. So I suppose the uh, uh, the, the Cork lads are getting exposed to this at a young age, and that's that's great. But it, on the other on the other side of it. It does affect club players then, your club. So let's say a good under 14 lad or whatever it is, he's he's gone with the inter-county Cork well, setup or whatever thing. and he's not really back with his club as often. And is that good for the club? Well, and the, then, the development squads work. There's no doubt about that. But they are desperate on clubs. You're, 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 like Because they spend a lot of time together on the development squads, right? Yeah. So you've got three of your best club players gone in there. And that's their, that almost becomes their club. Yeah. And clubs do suffer. The other argument argument to this is that you go in and coach the coaches that coaches the clubs. So you make sure there's there's a good expertise coaching every player in the county rather than these four. I think Cork yeah. brought, had development squads of 48. And they did this back in 2013 and they're seeing the benefits. There's no doubt this works. Yeah. But the argument against it is, is it right? Yeah, well, that's I, I'm not sure, but I think for the Cork intercount for the for the senior setup to get to be to be successful, it's it's right. Yeah, but I I know then as I was growing up, it, there was there was a few development squads going going along, and you you were picked to go, but 
sometimes you weren't really pushed to go into county because you were being taken from the club and then there was a little bit of a club versus, you know, yeah. uh, club versus county and, you know, why wouldn't you stay here with these earlier friends and, you know, why are you going out there? So you, you don't really know them that well. And so I remember I was caught at that Tony Forrest. I wasn't sure whether I'd go or not and two of us got picked. So I went and it was it was the best experience ever. But then when you come back to the club, it's, oh, well, now you're back now. Like, come on, stay here with us now. This is what we want. We want to win the next the 15 championship next year and the 16. So it's, yeah. it is difficult, but for a player to develop, it's the only place to do it. Yeah, it's hard to know. It's hard to know what the solution is. They definitely work. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Come here, let's, before we finish up, like we're, we're nearly at the end of the season now and there's a lot of managers um, um, kind of, we don't know if they're going to stay. Some have gone. Um, some aren't safe. Some might walk even though they are safe. So I wanted to run through them here with you and see what categories we're going to put them in. I have the first one is safe as houses. Um, I have Brian Lowen, Cheddar, John Kiley and Kieran Kingston in that. Brian Lohan, um, I think, is as safe as they come. They love him in Clare. He's done a great job. Cheddar because they beat Antrim and Westmead um, and they ran water for closer to Tip and Tipperary and Galway, which is incredible. And obviously, John Kiley and Kieran Kingston for obvious reasons. Would you agree with them, Paddy? Yeah, I definitely agree with those. Um, I think Clare in particular need to buy, you know, need to do everything that they can to keep hold of Brian Lohan. Um, I know people say they won two, lost two this year, but to me, you have to look at performances, attitude yeah. of the players, how much they're buying in, uh, the level they're playing at. And I think it's gone up immeasurably. Uh, I think the steel is really there with them. We've named off a few of the players that have been brought through and are playing at a very high standard. Um, I think he's mixing the old rough element to clear play, that, that, that viciousness, which you, you'd certainly need. But it's also a modern way of playing as well. You know, they're able to play through the lines. They're able to pop the scores. Um, and they're may- and probably most importantly, he's getting the very best out of Tony Kelly. So Brian Lowen needs to be kept there. And he's a huge figurehead for those youngsters. Like, he's he's a big hero for the likes of me, let alone lads that are trying to play for Clare. I mean, he must be like a god. So whatever they have to do in that county board, and there's been a lot of criticism for him, they need to hold on to Brian Lowen. Uh, Cheddar, as I say, look, we're a critical joint league. I thought they didn't look like they had any plan, but they performed fairly admirably uh, for the championship. And, you know, championship really is what it's all about. But, um, yeah, certainly they, they'll be held on to. Yeah. Then we have safe, but what are they going to do? Um, Liam Cal has a job with Waterford next year, but we're not sure um, what he's going to do. He spoke after the game. He says the two years are up. That was the initial agreement. We'll just have to sit down and talk to everybody. Stakeholders, hate that word. Stakeholders, county chairman and all the boys who initially chatted about what needed to happen. Um, it's hard to know, but look, these fellas are hard to walk away from because they're such an honest bunch of fellas. And I suppose what Liam Cahill does is linked to another man who's in this category, which is Liam Sheedy. So, you know, like, I mean, th- there is a little bit of thinking what's going to happen here. There's no doubt Liam Cahill wants to manage tip. Yeah, it's when, is, yeah. when is the right time to take that over? What's Liam Sheedy going to do? Like he, I'd say he's probably waiting to see what Sheedy does. I don't know. I'm dr- maybe I'm over. Yeah, maybe he know. maybe he wants to stay at Waterford for another year. He's unfinished business. Yeah, it, lo- it looks like yeah that he has a very good relationship with those players. Um, and uh, I'd say he feels maybe that he has unfinished business with them, and he'll probably stick another year with them just to really uh, because if he left now and went to Tipperary, it's like it, it, it wouldn't be great. I wouldn't say the players would probably feel that they, they had more. Uh, to, to give and he had probably more to give them so I, my own opinion is that he'd probably stay at Waterford another year I'm not sure what Sheedy will do but it, that m- might mean that he might have to wait nearly three or four years to get back if he wants that, that tip job to come available if, if Sheedy goes and someone else comes in yeah. which is 
the way it kind of goes, it swings and roundabouts. You have to take your opportunities. But I don't think he's going to leave water for this year. Uh, that feeling that he's going to stay. What, what's your What's your take on that, Paddy? Because, like, I mean, if he has to wait three or four years, his bunch of under twenties have gotten to twenty four, and maybe you know he can't mould them the way he wants to. They, they, like, I, I, to, with what Connell's saying is that say if there's a big rebuilding job to be done next year with Tipperary, it might be nice to see someone else fall flat on their face. <laughs> <laughs> get your extra year of Waterford and then swoon in to yeah, do that yeah, job the following year if they get the bullet after a yeah. year who who is that poor man yeah. going to be <laughs> I don't know I don't exactly know but there's a few little things creeping around um, I would say Liam Sheedy hasn't made his decision up his mind up yet and I do think it's his to if he wanted to go out rebuilding and say or reshuffling yeah. then it is his to take now the thing is Liam Sheedy can't just take it for another year, I would say. It would have to be at least a two, if not a three-year project. He's back for the second time. He's already... Does he want to do six years? Yeah. Uh, I don't... You know, I haven't been talking to him, obviously, but I can't see him wanting to do another six years. Like It's it's like it's like wiping out parts of your life, I, I feel, like years of your life being an inter-county manager, as, as enjoyable as it can be. I suppose then there's probably two options, I would say, uh, from what I'm hearing. And you know the way there's no smoke without or without fire and you hear a lot of talk about uh, Darry Egan who I would have played with all the way up uh, the age groups and he, he'd be a very young progressive manager now it's up to the county board then as well will they pursue Liam Cahill and that's the thing the county board would have to pursue him so I think the dust has to settle if Liam leaves I think all bets are off uh, it's very difficult to know what will happen but to me if Liam Sheedy leaves then Liam Cahill is the one they'll be going for um, he there's no guarantees of anything in a few years time there's no guarantees those players will still be the players they were when they were under 20 as you said they could be unmoldable at that stage they could have picked up too many bad habits they could be playing in a system that totally takes away from what Liam Cahill likes to do at the end of the day I'm sure he got into management um, and his top goal was to be temporary inter-county manager if so, if if he says okay, I'll leave it to somebody else for a few years. Just say Dar Egan. Maybe Dar Egan does brilliantly with him and has it for the next seven or eight years. And Liam Callan never gets a go. So I think if Liam Sheedy leaves and it's laughing to Liam Callan under the right circumstances, I couldn't see him not taking it. And that's unfair in Waterford. He's done brilliant with them, and they're, I'm sure they're a brilliant county to work for. But in their heart of hearts, maybe I'd say they realise that as well. Yeah, he's probably right, and he's a good call on Sheedy. It wouldn't be right for Sheedy to say, here, I'll take it for one more year because that is a rebuilding job, right? And like, I do take Paddy's point. Could you see Sheedy going for three more years? I, I, I don't know if I could. Well, you could probably take it for three years and, and hope to do the rebuilding a lot quicker, you know? And, and hopefully he's, he'd be successful in the f- first or second year and then, 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 he, can, then he obviously is not going to stay there for the thing. But I'm not sure. Like, it, it seems to, like... Sheedy seems to really love it, and, and this year he like he really loved being on the line. He loved all the antics that goes with it. Does he have that in him to keep going for another year, another year? Like to me, it said that you know this was he, he was going all out this year from 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 all his actions, and yeah. this meant everything to him to really go and win something with Tipperary this year. Uh, I don't know; it's a difficult one for him, and I suppose he has to. His backroom team is going to be vital in it. If you know if if they're going to stay with him, if he's happy with that, or does does he need to change it? Um, there's a lot. I think there's a lot in a firm probably to think about, um, and then obviously those young lads coming through, and how would he deal with the the so-called older players? You know, if if they're not going to kind of nearly walk themselves, does he have to kind of push someone? And I'm sure he wouldn't want to do that. Like so, 
there's a lot, lot in it that he, I suppose has to think about. But um, I suppose he, Paddy's right though. He's probably the only man that would make that call, and, and I'm sure that's going to come fairly, fairly shortly. He's not going to leave Tip in in, in the lurch, and um, at that stage, if Tip want to go and get Cal, I'm not sure how that would go down. But uh, look, I, it'll it'll be interesting. I just can't see Cal leaving Waterford. I think he has that relationship like with the players that. I think the players really want him around and it's like the Wexford and the Davy thing for a while. You know, when you really like your manager and you really believe in what he's what you're doing and you feel the steps are going forward, you'll do anything to keep him. And, you know, I'm sure the players are constantly on to him even now. To, you know, what's the story next year? How are we getting there? What, how are we, and they have a vibe already of what what, what Cal is thinking. So. Yeah, be around at his house trying to convince him. Brian Cody is another one. Um uh, Paddy, like, I mean, realistically, Kilkenny aren't good enough to win the All-Ireland they're winning Leinster's. Uh, what's the problem here, Brian Cody? Like, I mean, you know, he's never going to be—he's never going to be let go. Is what what probably will make Brian Cody happy is an All Ireland. He probably ha- has to look at himself in the mirror and say, "Are we good enough to win another one, or what am I doing here?" Or maybe he's just his life is so accustomed to managing Kilkenny. Like, I mean, he'd be like, "What am I going to do if, if I'm not managing them?" Yeah, I'd say he's as institutionalised as, as some of the players at inter-county level now at this stage. Um, I, he comes across as a guy that just loves doing it and I would say absolutely loves Kilkenny to the core. You know, I'd say it's, it's beside his family for what he loves. Um, and I don't think he looks at records. I don't think he says to himself, well, I'll win one more and then I'll go. I just, the way his teams go out uh, and represent, I just don't think that's in his head. Like, he just keeps going and going. And I think it's when he wakes up and doesn't have the hunger and the passion to go at it is when he leave yeah. and in my opinion and I've said it a few years now I've said it on here plenty of times he is getting the most that anyone I think could get out of that team he's very good at switching up his backroom team for years he, he keeps the same backroom team for a few years he'll change a couple of guys he's got new strength and conditioners in he's got Connor Feeling in for a new way of playing we've seen him play a different style this year okay it wasn't good enough to get to an All-Ireland but again they're grinding out results and to me they're getting closer to teams than they really should be. Like even that that Cork game should have been over and against a lot of other teams, I think Cork would have pulled away by seven or eight points. So I think they have to wait for better players to come along. Um I think they have in Owen Cody and in Adrian Mullen, they have a couple of marquee forwards coming, but when TJ wasn't as effective the last day, they probably hadn't that killer, you know, X factor that they need. And that's going to be the big worry. I think if TJ goes on the decline and like, is he 34 now? Yeah. Uh, 23 or 34? I think he's four. It doesn't matter how long more he wants to play. He won't be effective for more than maybe the next couple of years at that level. I don't think anyway. Maybe, maybe Conan put that to, to, to bed maybe, but I don't, I, I can't see him being overly effective for more than another year. Yeah, well, not in the role he plays anyways because he's all over the field. The ground he covers is just off the charts. Even yeah. still now, I couldn't believe it watching him live. He's, he's had every breaking ball. Yeah, he is. <laughs> no matter where it is, he's at it. Nearly every puck out, nearly put on him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he wins nearly all, every puck out, and he wins nearly all of those yeah. breaking balls. It's so maybe a full forward role, maybe that he could get. A, it depends, I suppose. He's definitely how long more dangerous more... when he's closer to the goal. Like I, I was surprised to see him so deep at times uh, in in the game of the weekend, because like, he's the man you want nearly up in the forward line, because he's the one that's going to do the damage, and he's going to suck players to him to, in order to give the other lads uh, that that freedom that they need. Yeah, but uh, no. I, I think Paddy's exactly right. I think Cody's probably squeezing every bit of talent out of that team, and um, they won the league as well, didn't they? They shared the league. Yeah. So, like any other team, would be delighted with a Leinster in a league in the in the year. So, 
Uh, I know Kilkenny probably aren't, aren't don't consider this a successful year at all, but um, I don't see why they would need to change him. Like I know he's there a long, long time, but if it was a new manager in and they won the Leinster and and they performed so well against yeah. and the whole situation that we're in, I think they, it would be really positive. I, I know there's probably some talk in Kilkenny that they that some players want to change or whatever it is. Yeah. But, but there's no evidence that the players aren't playing from him. You don't no come back way. against Cork like they did you don't come back against Wexford like they did you know you don't fight to the bitter end if there's any way murmuring if it's not a very united camp behind the manager it's impossible if he even sensed that of someone they wouldn't be out on the pitch so uh, whoever's out there is dying for for, for Kilkenny and regardless of if if they'd like Cody or not they're out there and doing and and that's the way he's operated for years Um, and it's it's so refreshing and it's so there seems to be no, no no bullshit with him he's just Go out and give it, give it everything, and we'll come off. And that's there's no, nothing else. There's no other hidden hidden agendas that some managers would have with certain players. It doesn't seem to be. Everything he's fairly seems to be fairly straight. Um, and that's pretty much what you want as a player. And if you're performing, you play, and if you're not, you're not. And I, I don't see him uh, retiring or, or, or giving it a chance to someone else. I think he'd be there again next year. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I have the two one safe. I have. I have Shane O'Neill and Matty Kenny. Now I have to hold my hands up and say this is a Shane O'Neill who I was comparing to. Who was I comparing him to? Alex Ferguson or somebody? <laughs> <laughs> no, Jim Gavin. Jim Gavin earlier on in the year. Now what of Like and I've completely jumped off the Shane O'Neill bandwagon. I have him down now. Forgetting the sack, Paddy. I don't know what you think of that. Like I mean, a lot of talk is rebuilding in Tipperary. Like I mean, they're coming off a dress dreadful year here now they haven't built I suppose other than the good performance the good performance against Tip and Limerick last year I suppose showed that they were coming back from their you know All-Ireland form and now this year like are they are they back at square one again now like I mean are you looking at ripping up the script they've a lot of young good players too coming through the feckin is it a four or five four in a row minors yeah uh, they have now that doesn't guarantee good Players like Galway teams in the past yeah. have often won minor All-Irelands in under-21 and not too many have come through. So obviously they'll be hoping to get more than that this year. Shane O'Neill, like, is, is Joe McMahon the last outside manager before Shane O'Neill? So, like, that didn't go well either. I don't know what they're going to do. Like, Shane O'Neill is unsafe at this stage because it doesn't matter what you do in the league. And they did okay in the league up and down, but that was underperformance you know, to a high level in championship. Like we're talking about some good players like Concanon barely pucking a ball at championship level. And yeah. look, while you might look at the player, ultimately it stops with the with the manager. Why didn't you get them to perform? But uh, they looked, I, I suppose you said last year, maybe they had a couple of good performances. I didn't think they were that good. I think they hung in in a few games. Even Tipperary to me were a shadow of themselves last year and Galway barely got over the line against them. Uh, this year it was, you know, it was worse again. So, I could, you know, it's hard to see him not going with somebody else and trying to rebuild. And certainly that team that won the All Ireland in seventeen, like Joe Canning is gone, David Burke is struggling, a couple more of the guys, the bigger forwards, uh, I mean, bigger and stronger forwards, they're struggling as well. So um, that is a problem. And the other thing is, you don't know how good the players coming through are. Barcon Cannon, like who has really had consistent championships over the last two years in terms of being a young player. I don't think have yet, so a lot is up in the air uh, at West. Yeah, the the the, the kind of thing for, stands out to me is that Galway and Tipperary, that brilliant rivalry, and there were two big physical teams, and there were two traditional kind of styles. And it wasn't even that long ago mm. that these lads, big men that are great in the air, that have brilliant wrists, but aren't flyers. 
Limerick were able to marry all of them together. Yeah. Waterford probably have a good few of them. I don't know. Are Galway and Tip being pa- over or passed by? And is Shane O'Neill? You know, is he is he sa- is he safe there? Do you think? Oh, well, I think you can get away with it. You, you can definitely get away with it in hurling if if you're not a flyer. If 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 you have the exceptional skill and 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 you have the hurling brain, I think you, you could probably you can get away with it and get and get through a lot of championship games, but. Um, I would certainly say Shane is under pressure definitely like after the two seasons that he's had and I'm sure he knows that more than anyone um, Yeah, a collapse against Kilkenny in the first year in the final we haven't mentioned yeah, that well, Yeah, yeah, yeah it gets even worse, yeah so and and look there's a big rebuilding that, that, that will have to go on and, and obviously Joe Canning is a huge part of what that Galway team has been for 10 or so years and he's going to be a massive loss and how they're going to fill the void there but um the players are probably there. I think the younger lads are winning all the time and winning. It's just trying to, I suppose, get them up to that level. And yeah, Paddy's right. Galway, have, since I can remember, have always been really, really good underage. They, and they never brought them through, be it they have been too small or whatever yeah, excuses yeah. they've always been given. But uh, I think now is, is a time they really need to see these lads coming through. Um, and they, Galway really need them because it, this, the age profile of some of the other players are probably on the way down and they need to build, bridge that gap and maybe a new man in to freshen it up is probably what they need. Yeah, maybe the nightlife in UCG is too good or something <laughs> like that when they come up. <laughs> well, I'll stay with you on this one then, Connell. Maddie Kenny, um, has he done enough for another year? Hey, I don't know. Be honest, I don't know. Um, I suppose if you look at the results, Coley, uh, there was no real difference between last year and, and this year, isn't it? Same situation against Cork. We were probably well beaten this year and well beaten last year. Um, haven't really found many, too many new players. Um, and then look, obviously you could say they did they did very well against Kilkenny in the Leinster final considering the situation they were in. Um he got a lot of credit out of that game, didn't he? Even though yeah, they were well credit, beaten. Yeah. yeah, they were well beaten. They ne- never really looked like winning, I suppose. That's disappointing. Um, had an up and down kind of a league. They had a great start to the championship, but obviously we've beaten Antrim. But like they're all like, results. Galway, yeah. Like, yeah, Galway and, and, and Antrim. And Antrim, yeah. They're all like results that you'd be expecting, like, you know. So I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm sure. Any uh, word, any whispers going on? I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard, I, I'm sure that the players will. will, will, will Manny's a, you know. Real genuine hurling man, real nice fella. Yeah, uh, and I'm uh, everyone really gets on really well with him. And you think I'm the sh- players might have a sense of what he's doing? Uh, I haven't spoken to any of the players or anything on it, so I, I can't. I, I couldn't say on that, but um, I just think it needs. It, it probably needs some. Uh, the backroom team needs to be freshened up a little bit. I think something new needs to come into it in, in that way. If if he is to stay, um, not sure if he's going to do that or not. And. Uh, whether he wants to continue, you know, like he's living in Galway, so it's driving up and down, a lot of time, um, and he's working. He's 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 a young enough family, so it's a lot. There's a lot of probably factors that come into it, and he's up and down that road a long time. When you consider he was with Kula beforehand, so that travelling is tough going. Whether he wants to keep that going or not, the the, rum- the rumors are that the the Dublin hurling manager gets very favourable expenses in comparison to the Dublin football manager. Well, I wouldn't know any of those rumours. <laughs> but I know, I know that. Like, I remember they don't have the tradition to it. You know, like I mean, uh, the they need a kind of a big name outside manager because they don't, maybe don't have. Well, maybe your age group might want to get into management. You know, they didn't have those big names maybe to get that to attract that. Same. Yeah, I don't think it needs. I don't think it needs a big names and an outside big name now. Like this, I mean, like if Matty did happen to not be in in, in the situation of being a manager, like. Uh, this thing of Davy coming up to Dublin, I think that would be all wrong for Dublin. I think 
Dublin needs to go inside and they, and there's plenty of good managers and, and coaches inside Dublin that are Dublin and are Dublin to the, to the core and they know all the players and, and they really want Dublin to succeed for Dublin not for themselves or any individual or yeah, anything yeah. like that around that Shane O'Brien just left Westmead didn't he after bringing him to the Joe McDonough would he be rated in Dublin <laughs> yeah no he did yeah, look, I don't know anything about Shane O'Brien really to be honest um, he, he did relatively okay with Westmead but uh, Look, there's, there's, there's options there, and I'll put it like that. Yeah, there's plenty. Of, you're lucky, I suppose, in Tipperary, Paddy, with the history Tipperary have. There'll always be another, like, for you to go outside, would this, you know, the county board would be sacked if he ever did something of the of the yeah. sort? Definitely, probably would be, I'd say. Um, we've certainly often got management from outside. We even have a, a Polish strength and conditioner. So we have, uh, you know, we go outside for certain things. But I do think we'd probably stay inside for the most. And I think... Most of the teams that are have had the top three, would say over the years, the Corks and the Kilkennys and the Tips, they have no reason to go outside because they yeah. have people we can look up to. And even every, we're lucky that most generations get to All Ireland's or maybe win in All Ireland. So I think for a tip player coming into a panel, that's what you know. That's probably a prerequisite, maybe um, at the minute. Maybe that's a bit snobbish. I don't know, but um, it is you know, and you shouldn't have to go outside if you haven't. And I think Connell is dead right if they can get a Dublin. Uh, man in there and even you can say Matthew Kenny to an extent like had so much time with Kula that he was ingrained in the in the Dublin psyche and the Dublin way of playing but I think that's really important I think with Anthony Daly they got a guy up there that can just you know it, it, from the outside looking in it seems like he can ingrain himself at anyone it seems like he just has that way about him so they certainly need that and I, I'd be in agreement that Davey would be, I don't know, would he be a short-term fix for what they need is somebody to come in and really try to improve him in a long-term long term space. Now, I don't know the different coaches in Dublin, but um, I think, but the first thing is that it's, it's a really good coach and somebody progressive. And if it isn't there in Dublin, then they might have to look somewhere else. But Matty is just, Matty Kenny will be under pressure. I think it's a case of if they contact somebody that they, you know, if they like somebody, just saying Eddie Brennan, whoever this is, right? And they say, if we can get him, we'll get him. And if not, we'll have Matty. I think that's the way it's actually going to go. But I could be completely off the, off the mark there. Yeah, maybe. We'll see what happens. Bring back Pat Gilroy. That's what I say if he's not uh, if he's not too busy. Right, boys, we'll leave it there. Um, that's enough. There's no hurling this weekend, so we're not back on Monday. But we'll be back for a huge uh, All-Ireland preview show on the following Thursday. So we'll talk to you all then. Good luck. No such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do. No, we don't. A donkey eat and a donkey eat a palace. <laughs> he was massive. <laughs> Legs, ass, built. But I burst out laughing. <laughs> Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.